It is Friday, December 4th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 13 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again are Tyler Syracuse and Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Tyler dominated week 12 of the Shark Duel, even without Tyreek Hill in his lineup. He did have Patrick Mahomes, though, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Justin Jefferson, so a lot of touchdowns there. Tyler, how'd you do overall on FanDuel in week 12? Yeah, I definitely swept over on FanDuel. I think my team scored over 180 points. So I hit the nut combination with Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, had the top-scoring quarterback. Justin Jefferson had a late touchdown. And then paying down for Kyle Rudolph on FanDuel was one of the keys to my lineup, too, because he allowed me to pay up for all those studs. Yeah, it's nice getting Kyle Rudolph in there uh, kind of late in the week. Jared, any takeaways from your lineup? No, I mean, it definitely wasn't going to beat Tyler. That was a sweet lineup he put together. You know, I think not getting up to Mahomes was a mistake. Um, I don't know. Every, every time I play Travis Kelsey, he, he has like a floor game. So I'm kind of kind of sick of that. Can you warn me the next time you're playing Travis Kelsey so I, I can make sure to avoid him that week? I, I definitely will. And I'll let you know whenever I plan to use David Montgomery, which is going to be never again. So Bill's Chargers game really let me down. Just 44 total points from that game. I had Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen stacked in this one. I had Stefan Diggs in there as well. I mean, just like on DK, too much Kareem Hunt. So I learned my lesson on Kareem Hunt. I also paid for wedging Dalvin Cook into the lineup here. I wondered if it might be a differentiator if he had a Dalvin Cook game because I didn't think that you guys would play him, but Obviously, it ended up sinking me because it was nothing for $11,000. We will all be back at it for week 13 of the Shark Duel, with me still trailing helplessly behind the other two in the season-long race. We will show you Saturday who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Tyler, please get us started with some cash QB talk. I'm going to trust the DraftSharks model and go to Justin Herbert. He's sitting atop the points-per-dollar rankings. And he's just way underpriced at 7,900. I do think Bill Belichick might confuse him a little bit with his defensive schemes, but I think he's going to score enough pass or uh, fantasy points to produce uh, a top 10 QB um, fantasy week. He's been really consistent. He only has one game all season outside of top 15 quarterbacks. He's got really good weapons with Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams on the outside. So I just think he's he's too cheap. He was priced right around Rodgers' range on DraftKings. We liked Rodgers on, on DraftKings, but the $600 savings might come in handy this week. So I'm going to go to Herbert for my cash game guy. Jared, you with uh, Justin Herbert in cash this week? Do you think we have to worry about the Patriots shutting him down? I'm a little worried. I mean, I, I don't think New England's defense is good. So I think Herbert will probably be fine. Herbert and Rodgers are actually tied in our dollars per point rankings. Um, I'm going to try to get up to Rodgers. I just, I just feel a bit better bit safer with him you know he's been so good all season 22 and a half plus fando points in nine of his 11 games you know that if you look at the implied totals green bay is well ahead of the chargers green bay is at 28 and a half third highest on the main slate uh they get the eagles who are 26th in adjusted points allowed to quarterback so i, I guess i'm willing to go down to herbert if i you know need the 600 bucks but i'm at least going to start with rogers and cash 
I, I haven't built my lineups on here yet, so we'll see. But I'm starting with Kirk Cousins down at 7,300. NFL's top-rated passer over the past five weeks. That's since Minnesota's Week 7 bye. He's had three games of three touchdown passes among the past four games. He's had three straight games of 290-plus passing yards. And, I mean, you look at Jacksonville in this week's matchup and think he's not going to need to throw that ball the ball that much. Maybe that'll be the case. But his games of 290-plus came against Chicago, Dallas, and Carolina. So it's not like – he was going up against um, Titans, you know, like literal Titans and needed to throw the ball a lot. This Minnesota is still not a very good team. So I think there's shootout potential really against anyone. I also think there's a chance that Minnesota leans away from overworking Dalvin Cook this week like they usually do because he's dealing with that foot injury. So I, I just think Kirk Cousins has a higher floor than usual. And I think he's been showing us a ceiling lately. So I feel good about him at 7,300. Again, we'll see. Once I'm building lineups, whether I, you know, can go up to somebody higher, but I, I don't know. Kirk Cousins is making me feel good this week. It feels like a chocolate chip cookie when you get to a hotel. Yeah, you were all over Kirk Cousins this week, so um, I, I have him as my tournament play. Um, I, I'd really like to get up to Herbert for the extra six hundred bucks in cash, but for all the reasons you mentioned, you know, I think I think Cousins, you know, has a top five quarterback ceiling this week in this matchup, and especially as you said with Delvin Cook, you know, I I do expect his volume to be a bit limited. This weekend, so that probably means you know a bit more pass volume for Cousins. Cousins feels so comfy to me this week that he's bound to score 14 fantasy points in this game. Exactly. On GPP side, Tyler, what are you playing at quarterback? Similar price range. I think I prefer Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jared Goff over Kirk Cousins. I just think the Vikings are going to dominate uh, the game, and Cousins might not have too many pass attempts. He might get lucky and throw three or four touchdowns, even if he doesn't have 30 plus pass attempts, but you know, it's an excellent matchup, but I'm going to be going to Herbert in tournaments, Rodgers in tournaments, and then Deshaun Watson makes a lot of sense too, just because he has easy stacking options with Brandon Cooks and Jordan Akins slash Kiki Kuti. Yeah, Watson's a fade for me, um, just without Will Fuller. I'm worried about that passing game and in a pretty tough matchup against the Colts. Fitzpatrick's interesting. I I, I haven't been on him just because I don't think the Bengals are going to score enough to, you know, keep Fitzpatrick aggressive all game long. But now we have... Salvin Ahmed, DeAndre Washington, and Matt Breda out for the Dolphins. We still don't know if Miles Gaskin is going to be activated for this game. So it literally could be just Patrick Laird in the backfield. And if that's the case, I think, you know, Fitzpatrick is a pretty good bat for 40 plus pass attempts. Jared, are you implying that there is something other than an aggressive setting on Ryan Fitzpatrick? If they, you know, if they just force him to hand the ball off, yeah, it, it, turn, it turns the aggressive button off. You can't force Ryan Fitzpatrick to do anything but be awesome. I think we've seen that over time now. On the GPP side for me, Kirk Cousins definitely in play. Also, Jared Goff at 7200 bucks. I think there's a high ceiling there. He had two ceiling games against Arizona last year. I mean, we'll see about this year. He had the rough game last week, but three games over 300 yards before that. And then Ryan Tannehill at 7800 is also going to be a key guy for me. I think that you can stack him with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and then see how you work things around it. I think that's going to keep a lot of people away from Ryan Tannehill, um, thinking that it's a Derrick Henry game and that if Derrick Henry's doing all the scoring, there's not that much left. But Derrick Henry this season has had four games in which he has scored multiple touchdowns. In those four games, Ryan Tannehill finished QB 23, QB 2, QB 3, and QB 10. And the one week that he finished 23rd, he actually threw for 321 yards at Minnesota. The Titans just had to settle for six field goals in that game instead of him having some good luck on touchdowns. 
The Titans-Browns game carries the week's highest over-under at 53.5, so I definitely like the quarterback from this one. I like the stacking options, and the Titans trail only the Vikings in Vegas implied team total on the main slate. So I like the points both for him and for Kirk Cousins in general this week. Yeah, I was surprised. I saw you tweet that um, Tannehill-Henry stat there, you know, there's probably more correlation there than you'd expect. And I think Tannehill, especially on FanDuel, being just 100 bucks cheaper than Justin Herbert, I think he's going to go very low-owned. Over at running back, Derrick Henry is scary to not play after he went nuts on the Colts, and now he faces a Browns D. That allowed 128 rushing yards to James Robinson last week. But Derrick Henry is also up to $10,000 in FanDuel salary this week. So, Tyler, are you starting with Derrick Henry or going away from him? I don't think we need him in cash just with that elevated price tag, but I do like Austin Eckler and David Montgomery a lot. Those are the two guys atop the Draft Sharks model. Uh, we had a lot of value open up uh, depending on the Dolphins running back situation. If Miles Gaskin is active, he's only 5,500. So we're slightly projecting him over Devontae Booker, who's priced up actually at $6,000. So it's not like he's a free square this week with Josh Jacobs ruled out. Um, I would have expected Devontae Booker to be in the low $5,000 range. So he's actually priced over guys like Damian Harris. So he's definitely not a free square, but he's definitely in play uh, in a really good matchup against the Jets. Yeah, over Damian Harris, over David Montgomery, and over um, Latavius Murray. I was surprised by the Devontae Booker price tag as well. Um, Jared, what are you doing for cash at running back? Yeah, I'm right with Tyler there. Um, Eckler and Montgomery in there for sure for me. And then that third spot, and no one – really sticks out. I, I might end up just, just getting Derrick Henry in there just, you know, for the, you know, I don't know, 15 plus points he's going to get me, even if it's not like a value at the price tag and, you know, it's still 15 points. And what I think, you know, might be a lower scoring week, especially at running back. I think, you know, Henry might still be the play. Yeah. I mean, he certainly has 120 yard two touchdown potential here. So I, I, I'm not fading Derrick Henry. We'll see once I actually start building, but Hey, if I could waste $11,000 on Dalvin cook last week, you can bet I can waste 10,000 on Derrick Henry this week. James Robinson is also somebody that I always don't mention for some reason. It's probably just because he's an undrafted rookie and I keep expecting the bubble to burst. But I mean, at 7,800, he's very reasonably priced. He's fifth among main slate running backs in fan duel points per game this season, seventh at the position in salary, way behind Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook in salary, more attractive than a 10.5K Dalvin Cook with a bad foot, more attractive than a 7.5K Alvin Kamara with a bad foot. He's facing the Vikings who have allowed Ezekiel Elliott's only 100 yard rushing game of the season just two weeks ago. So I'm going to mention James Robinson ahead of still making the bad decision to not play him come Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I, I finally played him last week in drafting his cash. That was nice. Um, and if you look at his game logs, he's been much more of a floor play throughout the season than a ceiling play. Like last week was one of his two or three big games. I, I think he's okay. Um, but I think he's like fairly priced on FanDuel here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't stand out as a value, but I feel like every week I, I think yeah, maybe James Robinson. I'm like, nah, James, not James Robinson. I get to the end of the weekend. I'm like, I should have paid more attention to James Robinson. So there's yeah. the attention, whether I make the decision to play him or not on the GPP side, I'll just start by saying, thank goodness that David Montgomery is projected for 31% ownership right now. So that helps motivate me to not play him. Cause every time I do, when it seems obvious, it doesn't work out. Tyler, are you playing David Montgomery at high ownership in tournaments? Yeah, I'm definitely going to have some Montgomery. He checks all the boxes this week. He's got a really good matchup. He's underpriced, and he's playing over 85% of the snaps. So I don't think I'm going to avoid him. There is some other interesting running backs. I'm definitely going to have exposure to Derrick Henry. I'm going to have quite a bit of Aaron Jones. Fanshare has him projected at just 3% ownership. 
Uh, I know he's only playing around half the snaps, but he's a guy that just has a knack for scoring a lot of touchdowns, so he can easily have a multi-TD game against the Eagles. And then I think Nick Chubb is really interesting in that matchup against the Titans. If they could keep it close, he's been a monster since coming off uh, the MCL sprain. He's had over 100 yards each game, and he's leading the league in yards per carry and is actually second all-time, only behind Jamal Charles. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of safe, comfy plays at running back this week, but there are plenty of upside options, I think, for GPP lineups. Jared, what do you like at, at running back? Yeah, Jones is definitely my tournament play at running back this week on on both sides. He's a better value on DK. Maybe he'll be even lower owned on FanDuel because of that. Um, I, I just think, um, especially with Rodgers and Adams trending towards being popular, I think you know Jones makes a lot of sense. If he just gets the touchdowns rather than coming in the passing game, you're you're in business. Um, I'm going to fade Montgomery. I'm going to full fade Montgomery in tournaments. You know, play him in cash is sort of a hedge. I I, I think he's a good bet for like 10 to 15 FanDuel points. But you, you look at his game logs, he's only topped 15 FanDuel points twice all season. He, he's just he's not a guy who brings a high ceiling, even in a matchup like this. Um, so I'm, I'm going to you know hope, hope he disappoints at the 30% ownership. Yeah, I think he checks all the boxes, except that he's not that good, which we've seen doesn't matter that much at running back. And his team is not that good. I think those two just kind of give him enough risk that I'm not going to consider him at that 30% um, ownership rate. GPP side for me, I'll mention some lower priced guys because I think we've hit all the higher priced guys. Jonathan Taylor at 6,400. He's screwed enough fantasy owners at this point that there's no way he's going to get high ownership. Positive matchup, quarterback nursing an injury. So, I mean, if Taylor gets going early, maybe he's the running back here. And the last time we saw him, he looked good against Green Bay. Latavius Murray's in play at 5,800. 31 carries to Alvin Kamara's 24 over the past two games. Um, Kamara was still limited in practice this week. Offense is run heavy enough to support both, so you don't have to necessarily bet against Alvin Kamara still to like Latavius Murray's upside at 5,800. And then we talked about Miami a little bit, but Miles Gaskin at 5,500, if he's active, um, certainly interesting in that conversation. Wide receiver on the cash side, Tyler, what are you playing? I like a lot of guys priced in the $6,000 range. We have Devontae Parker, really good matchup, 6800 Brandon Cooks at 6500 He's going to be on most people's cash teams. Jarvis Landry's priced all the way down at 6000 And then we have Cooper Cup at 6.6K on FanDuel. So I think I'm going to choose three ride receivers out of that foursome. And then I'll probably have extra salary. So now that I think about it, I, I probably will have the salary to get up to Derrick Henry uh, in cash on uh, running back. Yeah, Jarvis Landry, definitely one of the guys I have down. I'll add Allen Robinson in that 6K range. I don't, I don't think you mentioned, but he's um, the bear that I would rather play over David Montgomery in my cash lineup here, 12th at the position in FanDuel points per game, 14th in salary, so still a value in that range. He's second in our FanDuel dollars per point projections for the week, behind only Devontae Adams, six-plus catches in four straight games, nine-plus targets in each of Mitchell Trubisky's four starts this year, and, of course, positive matchup against Detroit this week. Jared, what do you like at, at wide receiver for cash? Yeah, I like all the guys you mentioned. Allen Robinson was the guy I had. He hurt his knee in practice today, uh, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, Matt Nagy said it was, you know, not not serious. It sounds like he's going to be okay for this game. Um, I, I mean, I think he, he's way underpriced at 6900 bucks for the volume he's getting and how good of a matchup this is. The, the knee thing might knock him out of play in cash for me. I still think you want him in tournaments, though. 
Yeah, I'll still probably consider him, but I'll have to look more into the knee because I just had that news broken to me just now. GPP side, Jared, what you got then? I like Michael Thomas here, seventy two hundred bucks. I think he's a bit underpriced. Uh, projected just twelve percent ownership. I mean, he, he he was quiet in Denver last weekend. You know, the, the Saints just didn't need to do much, and they, they didn't need him on offense with what Denver had at, at quarterback in that game. But but overall, Thomas has a forty six percent target share in Taysom Hill's two starts. I think Hill gets back, you know, between 20 and 30 pass attempts in Atlanta this weekend. And we just saw Thomas go for 104 yards on nine catches against the Falcons two weeks ago. So I, I think he has that type of upside again this weekend. Tyler, what you like for GPP wideouts? I think AJ Brown's going to come really under owned. You mentioned how that game has the highest over under on the slate. And he's priced up at 8.2 thousand. But in a game where Tannehill has 30 plus pass attempts or AJ Green sees eight targets, he can easily have a huge game with his propensity to break off these huge touchdowns. And then I like a couple guys at 5.6K, Alan Lazard, and then T.Y. Hilton showed a little bit of life last week. So if I'm using any Texan stacks, I'll, I'll probably be doing the runbacks with T.Y. Hilton, who finally had a good game in 2020. And he's a guy that consistently torments the the Texans. And we saw in that game earlier this season against the Texans where Derrick Henry had 220 yards or whatever it was in that game. And there was still plenty of fantasy points for Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown in that game as well. So I don't think even Derrick Henry puts A.J. Brown out of play. I think in that high range at, at, of salary at wide receiver, there are going to be some guys that are you know relatively overlooked. I like the Vikings duo again here, just like on DraftKings, Adam Thielen and Justin, not necessarily getting overlooked, but they're both projected under 15% at the moment. We'll see where that settles in as we get closer to game time. But I I think it's probably not going to climb as high as it should in projected ownership for them. Adam Thielen leads the league in end zone targets over the past three weeks, even though he's only played two of those games. Um, And even though the game that he missed was Kirk Cousins season high in pass attempts, I think some other high dollar guys that could go under owned, DK Metcalf at 8,500, Calvin Ridley at 8,400. Jared mentioned the case for Calvin Ridley on the DK show. DK Metcalf, he has the toughest matchup, obviously, with James Bradbury. It seems like that only matters if Seattle decides that it's going to throw away from him because of that matchup, though. The number one corner matchup didn't matter for him at Philly. He dominated Darius Slay. It didn't matter for him against Buffalo. He dominated Tredavious White there. So uh, it did matter against Arizona where they just threw away from him and sent 52 targets at Tyler Lockett. So, I mean, if Seattle decides to do that here, then obviously you can't do a whole lot if you're only getting four targets as a wideout. But if they decide not to and they send 10 to 12 targets at Metcalf, he could have a big game against anybody. And he's coming in at single-digit ownership projection right now. So I think it's worth looking at those guys as you're building and see what fits into a lineup. Um, anybody else at wide receiver, Jared? No, I was just going to say for the Colts, I prefer Michael Pittman over T.Y. Hilton for like 200 bucks more. I know Hilton has the great splits against Houston. I, I just think he's not the same player anymore. Um, I think Michael Pittman's better at this point. He's been the better target bet lately as well. T.Y. Hilton has done better on uh, end zone targets lately, though. Did score once last week and saw five, I believe, over the past two games. To me, they're kind of like either way. You pick one, it's certainly possible that you guess wrong. Either way, also in that 5K range, though, uh, Josh Reynolds, 5,500 for the Rams. Hunter Renfro and Henry Ruggs, 5,400. Do we know if Nelson Aguilar is in or out for this game yet? Do not know that. But we'll see that. He's had a knee injury that's been limiting him in practice all week. So at at the very least, I think we get a limited Nelson Aguilar. And if he's out, 
it helps both of those guys. Keelan yeah. Cole, 5,300 against the Vikings. Anthony Miller, 4,900 in that matchup with Detroit where, you know, everybody for the Bears looks better than they would normally. Yeah, so Aguilar limited today, but is not listed on the final report. So he'll, he'll play against the Jets on Sunday. Interesting. I think he's in play for a tournament as well. He's become their number one wideout. You know, I'd be curious to see some reports over the weekend, but he's certainly going to be low owned coming yep. off the injury and not being that good to begin with. Yep. <laughs> Tight end for cash. Tyler, what do you got? We're going to the Harvard grad, Anthony Ferkser in cash, 4,600. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he gets in the end zone this week and he's going to pay off his price tag. So I'm going to have him in cash on both sides. Does Ryan Fitzpatrick to Anthony Ferkser make a Harvard stack this week? I mean, it makes some sense. But I do, I do love Fitzpatrick, and for some reason, I have a soft spot for Anthony Ferkser. That's a, that's a strange guy to have a soft spot for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to play Ferkser on DK. Um, he's 900 bucks cheaper than Kyle Rudolph. He's only 400 bucks cheaper than Rudolph on Fanduel. I, I prefer Rudolph at those prices. Um, I just feel a bit safer about his role. I mean, I don't know. We. We, we we play Johnu Smith and Anthony Ferkser or Vultures and we're going to play Ferkser and we're going to see Jeff Swaim or Michael Pruitt, you know, Vulture, Anthony Ferkser. So I, he's fine. Um, I, I just, I would rather spend the 400 extra on Rudolph if I can, who's, who's been good in two games without Irv Smith. Now Irv Smith has been ruled out for Sunday's game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think my lineups might just be all purple and uh, sky blue here between the Vikings and the Titans this week. I think Hunter Henry at 6,000 bucks is in play. He's now tied for second among all tight ends and end zone targets, trails only Rob Gronkowski in that category and ramped up lately in that category as well. The Patriots are not a negative matchup for tight ends right now. I did start the season well, but it's basically been when they face an offense that is centered on its tight end, like George Kittle or Darren Waller, they stop that guy. Otherwise, it's just a kind of neutral matchup for tight ends. Right. Yep. GPP side, Tyler, what are you playing at tight end? So it seems like we're going to have a lot of extra salary this week just with all the value we have. So it's going to make some sense to get up to Darren Waller in some lineups on FanDuel. He's priced at $7,000, and it's just a really ugly tight end week. So he's a guy that could really outscore the position with Travis Kelsey off the main slate. So the more I think about it, he definitely makes sense. And I wish Jordan Akins wasn't going to be chalky because I kind of like him with – couple guys ruled out for Houston. He should see a couple more targets go his way this week. I'm kind of glad that Jordan Akins is chalky this week, so I don't have to play him because he it, it's it's an attractive situation, but it's a bad matchup, and he plays <laughs> in a committee. So I'm kind of glad to not have to play him. I agree with Darren Waller on here. I don't want to pay up for him on DraftKings, but it's a lot closer between him and Dallas Goddard in salary here. So I'm going to be playing some Darren Waller. Jets have allowed, or I'm sorry, no team has allowed more touchdowns to tight ends than the Jets have, even though they've only allowed the 17th most receptions to the position. So a very nice scoring matchup for him. Yeah, Waller more interesting now, I think, with Jacobs out. Um, you know, Nelson Aguilar, I think it's safe to say he's still not going to be at 100%. So maybe Waller sees a few more targets than he's even been seeing. Um, I, I do like Dallas Goddard, though, for 6,200. Um, you know, I, I think we all expect the Eagles to be playing from behind the Packers in this game. You know, uh, Goddard averaging 7.3 targets, 5.3 catches, and 62 yards over his last three games now. Zach Ertz probably back this week. I, I don't think it matters. Um, I think Goddard's going to remain the top target in this Eagles passing game. Yeah, I think Zach Ertz's return matters more for the wideouts because Carson Wentz will be like, thank goodness, I finally have two guys I can trust. I'm going to throw it 10 times to Dallas. I'm going to throw it seven times to Zach. And then I'm going to think about handing it to Miles Sanders before Doug Peterson says, don't do that. <laughs> Sounds right. 
I think Hayden Hurst at 5,600 is also in play for a GPP. It's a bad matchup with New Orleans, so I wouldn't play him in cash, but I think the price is decent. The offense is decent. He's been pretty good for uh, targets most of the time, and he seems like he's healthier than last week for what that's worth. Um, at flex, Tyler, what are you favoring? We talked about most of the guys I'm interested in. I guess if Allen Robinson doesn't play, it makes Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney a little bit more viable. Mooney got added to the injury report on Friday as well, so we're going to have to pay attention to that Bears wide receiver group. But honestly, if Allen Robinson doesn't play, I don't think I'm going to use any Trubisky lineups, but some of the wide receivers might make some sense in like as a one-off value kind of play. Yeah, make sure you watch Shark Bites through the weekend for all these developing injury and health situations. Jared, what else you got at Flex? Yeah, so I think two guys. I think we briefly mentioned Cooper Cup, but I, I prefer him um, over Robert Woods on FanDuel at the $500 savings. I know, you know, Woods has been the better touchdown bet so far this season. I, I don't think, I don't, you know, I think they're, they're equal touchdown bets yeah. in this game against the Cardinals. So I'll take the savings on Cooper Cup. And then I, you know, Miles Sanders, I think for tournaments is interesting. You know, just 7,200 bucks, pretty good price tag on him. The Packers are bad against the run. So, you know, if the Eagles can keep it close and, and get Sanders, you know, 15 plus carries, I think he, he could have a big game. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that Doug Peterson would look at the Monday game and be like, why didn't I give the ball to Miles Sanders more? Because everything was struggling, and he's decent at football. I know the offensive line is bad, but, I mean, we've seen Miles Sanders produce, even in bad situations. He's capable of at least breaking off a big play at points. So, yeah, sprinkling in a little bit, I think, makes some sense. I I agree with the, the guys that we mentioned at this point. I'm probably more interested in wide receiver in general than running back, but there are a good number of, like, 5k range running backs this week so there's going to be lots of spreading around I think Austin Eckler I don't know if we talked about a whole lot on this one but at 7,000 he's certainly in play here defense Tyler what's your favorite Packers are just way too cheap going up against Carson Wentz he's taking the most sacks throwing the most picks Green Bay's home they're favored by eight points and they're atop the draft sharks model so they're probably going to be pretty chalky just because I feel like they're you know 500 600 mispriced but GPPs in the similar price range, I do like the Bears at $4,200, and they're going to come in much lower owned than the Packers. So I think that makes a lot of sense in GPPs. Mm. Yeah, Packers top the FanDuel dollars per point projections on Draft Sharks. Uh, there's floor and ceiling against the Eagles, who have allowed the most sacks. They've supplied the third most turnovers to opponents. They trail only Denver and Dallas in that category, and both of those teams are off the main slate. So it's just the most positive matchup. Our number two ranked defense, even if you throw out salaries. So it's going to be tough for me to get away from the Packers really in any format on here. What about you, Jared? Yeah, Packers for me in cash for sure. Um, Eagles have the fourth lowest implied total on the main slate, just 19 point. Five points, you know, even at 7% projected ownership for Packers, I think you can play them in tournaments. And I'll mention the Saints here again, talked about them on the DraftKings show, but they've they've just been awesome lately in in real life and fantasy. They're now first in adjusted sack rate. They've passed the Steelers there. I think, you know, the Falcons have been and will remain one of the past heavier teams in the NFL. So lots of sack and takeaway upside for the Saints this weekend. Before we head out, Tyler, what are you betting on this week? I'm really high on the Rams this week. I'm hoping the spread stays at two and a half. I've already got a lot of action down on that two and a half, but I feel really good about them beating the Cardinals. And I think they could beat them pretty good. I just feel like um, the Rams have advantages on both sides of the ball and they should be able to run up uh, the score against a pretty bad defense. If you want to throw the Rams in a couple teasers. I like the 
Packers, if you could tease them down to two points. And then I do have a seven-point teaser with the Patriots. Uh, that game is listed as a pick em right now. So you get New England plus seven. And then the Monday night game is also a pick em, Bills versus 49ers. So you get the Bills plus seven and the Chargers plus seven. Nice. My mom told me the teasing was rude, but I, I guess we'll allow it in this case. Jared, what are you betting on this week? I, I got nothing else for the people. Listed the only two bets I like on the DraftKings show. You're spent. I'm going to mention the Raiders-Jets game because as I was doing my notes for this, the Raiders were up to nine and a half point favorites against the Jets. I don't know what it is at the moment or what it is when you're listening to this, but I'm going to take the Jets with the oh, points there. Oh. The Raiders in the Eastern time zone this year, they won by four points at Carolina. They lost by 16 at New England. They won by 10 in the rain at Cleveland, and they lost by a ton at Atlanta last week. Josh Jacobs is out. Nelson Aguilar is banged up. The O-line is struggling on defense. Safety Jonathan Abraham's got an injury. Cornerback Damon Arnett is in the concussion protocol. Linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski has an ankle injury. I think the Jets have a shot at winning this game. I'm not betting that they win this game, but I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility that they win this game. So with nine and a half points, I say I'm going to side with my Long Island family and take the Jets here. Jets are three and eight against the spread this season. The only team that's worse is are the Cowboys. So that's three wins better than they are in real life, though. It's true. So currently the spread is Raiders minus eight, according to my sports book. Uh-oh. But I feel like you'd be better off just betting the money line on the Jets and just hope that they come out like gangbusters and try to get that one win against the Raiders this year. But I don't mind the pick at all. All right. I'll take that, not minding the pick. That's going to do it for this week 13 FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. Get cash game recommendations from Kevin. Get tournament picks and top stacks from Tyler. And check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in round 13 of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 